Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hi, you did such a good job with that More Than Mom intro. Thank you. I just decided to stop overthinking it. <laughs> Good job. Do we share that you actually had to script it for me yeah, before? We because did that. without, yeah, without me saying the episode number, I get very confused. And this is a more than mom episode, so there is no episode number, nope. which maybe is a mistake. Maybe we should go back to the drawing board and renumber <laughs> every one of our episodes. Um, but again, this is one of our episodes where we talk about something a little fluffier. Um, they come out on Sundays, every couple of Sundays, and we've got a really fun one today that was inspired. Um, by sort of, you know, those magazine articles where they'll say something like how to look your best in your 20s, 30s, 40s and beyond or something like that. I was thinking about the fact that now that you're 40, we have both parented inside three decades of our yes. lives, our 20s, our 30s and our 40s. I loved those magazine features. Probably I was in my 20s, but I don't. I, right. It, it just it seemed so now that I think about it, it's like obviously grossly oversimplifies the idea of a decade. <laughs> but there's something right. like satisfying. Do you remember like it was always in style, right? Or maybe real simple or something. And I like, think a lot of places did it. Maybe yeah. like um, how to take care of your skin, 20s, 30s and 40s yeah. or like how to dress your best in your 20s, 30s and 40s or whatever. And yeah, you would go through it and it was like you would always find something to identify with. And then you could kind of look ahead and be like, oh, Ooh, that's how the 40-year-olds you know, are doing ooh, it. What's going to happen to my skin when I'm 40? Everything's going to fall apart, I guess. <laughs> so I just thought it was really fun. And, and the cool thing is you and I both had babies in our 20s and 30s, but even our experiences were so different because I started so early. Yeah. Um, and like you kind of, you kind of compressed it into a more normal <laughs> time frame. And then like, I'm just thinking people listening right now who are in their 40s and have really young kids or maybe who are just starting their families, they're going to have a completely different experience of being a mom in their 40s. So again, we're going to grossly simplify, oversimplify yeah. um, the decades, but I still think it's fun. And then I was even thinking like, we'll still be moms in our 50s and 60s. So yep. maybe we'll have to do an episode about it then. Huh? Keep going. Well, and I like thinking about, I know we have listeners um, in their 20s and 30s and 40s. We know that from our listener right. surveys and because you all write us emails and stuff and so it's, I've always found it very interesting. And this is something we've discussed, I think before on the podcast, you relate to other moms, both by the age of your kids. And in some cases, that's the, the, the tie that makes sense, right? Like you both are moms right. of toddlers, but there could be a 10 or 15 year age gap between the ages of the moms. And sometimes right. it's helpful to, you know, align yourself or, or be able to compare notes with, with a mom who is your age, regardless of the kid's age. So I think both are helpful when you're building your tribe and making friends and, you know, fostering those connections, but they're not always one and the same. The people whose kids are the same age as your kids is not necessarily your age. 
So. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, well, let's just set the stage because I know everyone vaguely knows how old our kids are and how old we are, but we don't want to make them do math. Um, no. So let's say how old we were when we had each of our kids. So I was 20, 22, 26, 28, and 31. Wow. That just, I know that about you, but it just, I look at that decade of 20s and I just think, wow. It's you, a blur. You were busy. <laughs> I was busy. Yes. I was uh, 28, 30, and 32. Uh, my 32, I was like three weeks shy of turning 33, actually. Um, yeah. And so, I was almost 32 yeah. with my 31. But um, I do think it's interesting how, even though I got such a jump start, like our young, your kids, your three mm-hmm. and my older or younger three are sort of like in a very similar, mm-hmm. especially my last two, 28 and 31. And then you were 28, 30 and 32. So yeah. it's like, we were really having the younger ones. It's just that I'm a few years older than you. So right. you're there's the, few, yeah. your kids there. Yeah. Yeah. There's an yeah. age difference there. But like if you and I both look back to when we were 35, say we, mm-hmm. it is pretty similar. We were 35 and our youngest kid was, you know, a preschooler roughly. Right. So that, yeah, yeah. we do have that, that in common. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I think this will be fun. I took a peek at this your, is gonna be the fun. questions you have and uh, it's going to feel just like those magazines, I think. I can't wait. And I hope it sounds just like reading a magazine, if if that's even a thing. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. 
Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so let's start with some of the challenges of having kids in your 20s. Um, Again, my experience being that I was so young um, and you were more like in your late 20s. So that's even a different experience. But I'll go first on this one. So I started really young. I was 20 when Jacob was born and I was still a college student and all of my friends were young. Um, I was the only one of my friends with kids until my oldest was at least seven, maybe eight, like of my close you mm-hmm. know, circle of friends. I did hang out with my sister a lot. She's 10 years older and she already had kids by that point. So that was nice. But you know, that's just one person yeah. um, and it can be really lonely. And I remember this feeling of really wanting to be taken seriously as a mom, but then I would show up at like preschool drop-off and everyone thought I was like, the teacher's aide or like, you know, a, a new preschool teacher or Jacob's big sister. Wow. Um, I still get that sometimes. It's very flattering when I'll go into like, you know, one of the kids work or something and they don't know that I'm their mom, but that doesn't happen with the younger kids, just the older ones. Yeah. Um, the other funny thing I was thinking about this, I remember feeling like I had to like change things about myself because I was so young. So like this was the late nineties and I still wore, you know, oversized t-shirts and flannels and like those awful straight leg jeans that right. everybody was wearing back then. They're probably wearing them again now. And I just remember having this feeling of like, well, I'm a mom now. So I guess I need to start wearing like sweater sets and pearls. Like I, <laughs> I seriously had this feeling like I needed to start dressing totally different so that I would be a mom, mm-hmm. like, like looking like a mom. And, um, that was really weird. Cause I was still really young and I, and I was still, you know, I was still 20. Like, yeah. My friends were still doing stuff like going out and like they were just starting to go to bars and stuff. And like that really didn't happen for me yeah. uh, really at all in my 20s. Um, another thing that was really hard is that my body clock was completely unsuited to motherhood. So at the time I was like a serious night owl. I still think I really needed like 11 or 12 hours of sleep. I really just didn't do well with being woke. I really would just sleep right through. I had a really hard time waking up. And even though you think like young, you have all this energy. I just remember feeling so exhausted and sleep deprived all the time with Jake and Isaac. And I really didn't with the older kids or the younger kids. So I think I must have either I adjusted or just as I got older, yeah, getting up in the middle of the night and getting up early started to feel just a little easier. Yeah. I mean, at 20, you haven't had a lot of adult years to practice, like taking care of your body rhythms and yourself. And Um, So I can see how even though you have youth on your side, you haven't like practiced things like, oh, I should probably go to bed early because you you haven't you just haven't practiced that kind of self-care, I guess, is the lack of a better term. And I probably shouldn't suck down this Mountain Dew at 10 o'clock. That might keep me up like that (laughs) kind of thing. I just I still had that feeling of of being really invincible. Mm -hmm. And that didn't you know, that didn't go away um, for quite some time because I had to learn it. And then I guess the last one for me is money. I mean, we lived like college kids, but we had kids. Mm -hmm. So we were broke and all of our furniture was like that particle board stuff. Mm -hmm. And most of it was passed down. And it just like every every place we looked just kind of looked or lived, looked kind of thrown together the way your first apartment looks. Only we lived that way for like a decade. Although I will say in my 20s, I really just didn't care. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't care about being broke. I didn't care about my house or car looking any kind of way. That stuff like that 
lifestyle creep, as they call it, and wanting to have a more elevated way of living really didn't hit me until my 30s, which kind of made it like I I was blissfully ignorant about yeah. what I didn't have. Like I just, I didn't know any better. So it was, it felt manageable. Yeah. That makes so what sense. about you? Challenges. So challenges, I was thinking back and yeah, being 28, I was near the end of my twenties. And I, I wonder what the national average is, but I, I want to say that it is around 26 and a half or 27. Um, just like the wide average of first right. baby for women. So I was pretty close in there. But one thing I remember, and this was challenging, is it was completely divided, a completely split experience between the moms I met locally. I was living in Scottsdale, Phoenix area, the moms I met locally versus my friends from college and high school. So locally, I was right on par. There were several moms younger than me. There was a handful older, but Arizona, it's it's economically possible to start larger families younger. There's, there's large religious populations there for a variety of reasons. Uh, people start families younger in Arizona than they do mm. in other places. So I was like right in the mix. And I, and I, you know, I, like I said, some younger, some older didn't feel particularly like an outlier in either direction, but my close friends from high school, college, and you know, other points in my life, I was like the, by far the first, I mean, I felt like I didn't even I wasn't even like on the same planet. And that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just people n- not understanding what my life was like or my work challenges or my you, you you do feel like you lose a little bit of the ability to connect with the people you've been very close to. And then guess what? They all caught up. So now we all have right. kids. But I do remember that feeling. I remember being in a wedding and I had by that point I had two kids. So I had a two almost three year old and like a nine month old. And I just like the things I had to think about that day, Brian and I were both in the wedding. Hi, Allison, if you're listening. Um, it was like I was like on a different planet from not just the bride, but everyone. Nobody else was nursing babies or finding childcare or had, you know, toddlers with runny noses. And that just felt like it went on for years. It wasn't just that wedding, but any any of our past life friends, we were far ahead of. So that was a little bit, a little bit hard. I think the hard part is just feeling like you don't have as much to talk about for a while. And then, like Mm, I said, they all catch up and, and then you get to feel like the more experienced one. If you're on the, if you were on the younger side. Um, and then the other thing that came up for me is I feel like 27, 28 was a point career wise when a lot of people were, um, maybe they'd had an entry level job for a few years and a lot of them were going back to grad school or maybe they had already, or they were starting to make big career moves like promotions or even moving across the country or moving abroad and while I did keep working after I had my first baby, I mean, I obviously wasn't going to go get an MBA or like, you know, take on a different position or something. So um, I I think I just was a, very aware that the work trajectory I had been on was going to be different for me. And I can't I can't speak of someone who stayed hardcore in the corporate world forever. So I know that there's there's a lot bigger like trends here that I'm not really speaking to. I just remember thinking like that my peers were really going all in, in a lot of ways in their careers, right about that age. And I was not. So, yeah, you know, um, it's funny how like, this is so like you mentioned the different areas, um, and kind of like what the demographics in your area are like. And I'm just thinking how much I moved when my kids were really, my oldest were really little. And I lived for a, a while in the South. I lived in small towns. I lived in like urban areas. I had at one point, I was taking classes at a community college where I took a theater class and literally everyone in that was like 20, 18 to 20 
no kids. And that was like some of the most fun. Cause like I had, it felt like going back yeah. in time. Cause I had a baby by that point. And so I would do my like adult love, mom life stuff and then go to the theater class and goof around for three yeah. hours, which was great. Um, but then when I would go, like I had a waitressing job and a lot of the women working there, even the young women had kids. So it was like, even in my day-to-day life, I was shifting between worlds where mm-hmm. nobody at one age range had kids and like everybody in the, uh, in that age range in a different place had those kids. And then when I moved to Chicago, I was 29 and by that point I had four and was like, um, facilitating a mom's group at a yoga studio. And I'll never forget how weird it was to have four kids and most of the moms coming yeah. were first time moms and they were in their late thirties. Yeah. It, it was, it was weird. Cause I felt like I had all this cred by, you know, nature of having had four kids and having written books about it and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, why are these people listening to me at all? Like why right. they should not be taking me seriously. They're so much older than me. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's so true. It's, and it really, like, you could really have a very different experience depending on where you live or like, who the people are that you're associating with for whatever reason. Yeah. And it can be different throughout the day, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah. Which is why I think I always give the advice on this show that the more you can um, like have a, a wide variety of experiences yeah. in your extended friend group, not like you have to like, I don't mean you have to overly curate your friends and be like, well, I need an older mom friend or I need, <laughs> I need like, someone, sorry, I don't have room yeah. for you. You're but I out. mean, if you keep that in mind as kind of your North star, I just think it, it helps with so many of the insecurities we have. Cause we just see, we see the wide range of normal in kids and in adult parenting experiences. Yeah. And that, it, that only can benefit us. So, um, I feel like I return to that a lot, but. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the benefits. And you can go first with this, Sarah, but what do you feel like some of the benefits were of both starting your family in your 20s and then maybe just being a mom in your 20s? Yeah. I mean, I think mine will be quick here. And again, I was 28 when I had my first baby. Mm. So most of my 20s were behind me. I do remember thinking it might take us a while to get pregnant. I didn't have any medical reason to think that maybe I'm just I am I can be a little bit of a pessimist or or an overly realist. So I remember thinking if it's going to take us a while, that's okay because we're starting, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got time on our side. It didn't take us very long, but I, I do remember being comforted by the fact that I didn't have the pressure of the clock on me. Um, and then just looking back, I don't think I was aware of this at the time, but man, 28 is a great age for like, just feeling like a healthy adult. Like you were talking about your early twenties, some healthy habits maybe hadn't kicked in yet. You're, you're still coming out of your teenage years. But I mean, I was just, I just had very few aches, pains, issues. I was a very healthy and like uncomplicated medical case. Um, And I don't think I appreciated that at the time, but I know it made a difference in, you know, the ease of my pregnancies and just even in my worry and anxiety level. Like I definitely have talked about how I have more health worry and anxiety now, but Mm. I really didn't then. I just didn't have that much to worry about. I was was pretty healthy. So I think those, those were the benefits to me. What about you? Um, so this is an interesting one because I think the narrative is often that like, well, people would say to me, you know, and I was 20, I could barely take care of myself or I really would never have been ready to have, you know, a kid at 20. And I, that's, I'm not telling people to go have kids in their twenties. I'm not telling my, my kids to do that by all means or by any means. But I do think it's interesting how fast you can get ready for something when you have to. Mm. And I actually really liked that having kids took some pressure off me in my early 20s. Like I did not have any idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was kind of just, I knew I wanted to do something meaningful and productive and kind of big. Like I always had that feeling about myself, but like 
I'm, you know, 19, 20. I'm just kind of going to college classes, but pretty directionless. I was just kind of floating through life. And then it was like, oh, how about this? How about I'll just be a mom and pour all of my energy into that for like the next 10 to 15 years, right? And it actually just felt very natural and it allowed me some time to figure the rest of it out. Mm-hmm. And and also because I was, even though I was a mom, I was still only in my 20s. So I kind of got a pass to still be playing around with different professional identities and all those things. So when I think about like my writing career that I really launched when I was 25 and pregnant with Will, I might not have taken that risk if I'd been like 10 years older and more driven by like security or already had a job I was really entrenched in or had a lifestyle I needed to keep up. There was something about that age that just allowed me to kind of go all in on it. And I, and I appreciate that and see that all that all of the twenties, there are, there are many worse ways I could have used my twenties than the way I did. And I feel good about that. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned health. I mean, being kind of effortlessly fit (laughs) and high energy is kind of that bonus. You can't, you can't underestimate it. And in my case, like my pregnancies and births and recoveries were all pretty easy. And I got to think being so young had something to do with that. And that had I gotten, you know, had I had five kids from 30 to 41, maybe I would have felt a little more knocked back after each one. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about your 30s. So like I mentioned before, I really only actually gave birth to one of my kids in my 30s. And it was, I was only a a few months shy of 32. So I really spent most of my 30s with a house full of young children. Um, But Sarah, you were more solidly in your childbearing years in your 30s which I think is maybe a bit more typical of like the American mom experience. So do any challenges to that come in mind, come to mind? You know, overall it was, it was, it was all good. So I had to think of some challenges, but one of the things that I've noticed about the difference between, I know we'll get into our forties later, but I did feel when I was in my early thirties, especially like I was kind of a junior, like I had a junior level of experience in both the professional realm and in the mom realm. So when Mm. you're in your twenties, you're legit young, right? So a lot of the, a lot of the ego (laughs) that you get from being a young mom or a young professional, you get, like you said, you get a bit of a pass or you get a bit of like, you've got your whole life ahead of you. You've got your whole world, you know, ahead of you. So that, or your accolades, you get like more accolades for anything you do because you're so, you're so, you're such a young whippersnapper. So that starts to fade a little bit in your thirties. And I had very young kids in my thirties. So at 32, I was having my third kid and you know, health wise and pregnancy wise, that was all great. But I also hadn't really like advanced my career a whole bunch. I was starting to do freelance writing. Um, I felt very junior in that world. And, and, you know, like I, I glommed onto you and I glommed onto our other internet friends and I very much kind of looked up to and tried to emulate other writers who were a few years ahead of me, but I was very junior in that realm because I had left a more corporate world. And I was also pretty junior in the motherhood realm. So I think in my early to mid thirties, especially, I just remember feeling like I I just hadn't quite figured it out, which if you're me with my personality, I like to have things figured out. I'm not going to say that was like some huge, like earth shattering challenge, but I can tell you that at 40, I feel so much more experienced, both Mm. professionally and in motherhood. And when I was 25, I just was young and didn't know any better. So there was a like call it like an adolescence of sorts or something like a like a coming into both roles where I felt like I I, I hadn't quite learned enough yet. Yeah. Um, Well, I mentioned that in my 20s, I really felt like kind of free to figure stuff out. I didn't feel like a lot of 
financial pressure. Um, and then in my thirties, I suddenly started to feel some pressure externally that like, okay, now this is the decade where I have to figure this out. Like this is a decade where I really need to have the mom stuff figured out. My kids are going into school or already in school. Um, and that's not, and like my job and I want to know where we're going to live. And that's not easy to do when you're starting the decade out with like five kids, 11 and under, right? <laughs> so, figure, it, figure it out. I Megan. know. Right. Exactly. So we did move to the town we currently live in when I was 31, which is crazy to me because that's the, this is definitely the longest I've ever lived in one place. And, um, to have like the majority of my kids having gone through the same school system the whole time, like that just wasn't my reality in the twenties. Cause we were moving around so much. And then it was like this idea that, okay, now we got to settle down. And there were a lot of benefits to that. Like it really simplifies your life to find one place and stay there and put in your, you know, put down some roots and like have your kids all go through the same school, start to finish or whatever. But I think in my thirties, it also led to some stagnant feelings at times and like uncertainty if it was like the right place to end up. Mm -hmm. Like I knew I wanted to end up someplace, but was this the right place? And I think I had more angst around that when I was like, 34, 35, 36, then I have it about anything else ever. And I don't have that angst anymore now. Like, I feel like I made yeah. the choice. It, I did it. And, you know, <laughs> it's not like I can never move again, but I'm glad that I kind of stabilized in that way. Um, but, you know, I don't like feeling locked into choices. And, and I do think there's something about the 30s where you start to feel that window of opportunity shrinking. Mm -hmm. um, and it is shrinking, but for some reason it felt really disproportionately urgent in my 30s. Like now that I'm in my 40s, I feel more, more relaxed and like I have more time in front of me than I did in my 30s, mm -hmm. which is backward. But there's something about the 30s that just feels legit and real. Um, and, and kind of along those lines, I also was no longer the youngest mom around. Yeah. Like I was still pretty young and I was no longer like the wise old sage to my friends because by that point, they all had kids that were like the same ages as my younger kids. Mm -hmm. And I like, it was like this identity crisis. I'd go to the middle school or high school for an event and I was a baby, mm -hmm. but I'd go to the elementary school and there were lots of younger moms there than me. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of hard to get used to. Um, I remember taking Claire to the park when she was like four or five and I was looking over at this brand new, like fresh faced mom in her twenties, sitting on a blanket with her toddler, having snacks. And I thought, oh my gosh, when did I become the old mom? Yeah. And I was probably like 36 or 37. So yeah. it's not like I was actually old, but I was just so much more experienced. I didn't have babies anymore. So I just felt kind of like, I don't know, like all the young mom stuff was gone and I didn't know what was next. Yeah. And so I that was an identity crisis. For someone like you who had five kids, that was such a part of your identity for so long that that makes sense that it would yeah. be, it would just be kind of a, a morning or a transition away from that being central to your identity. So I think that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah. And I wonder if people who have their first kids in their thirties are going through all that stuff at the same time, or if it's like, it gets a little bit delayed. You know, mm -hmm. I wonder what that experience is like. Maybe people can email us and tell us, cause I would, I would love to hear. Okay. So let's talk about the benefits of parenting in our thirties. And I think there are many, um, I'll go first. I felt, I thought it felt like a fun decade where I got to straddle like the mom side and the young sides of myself. So because I hadn't really done anything in my 20s, like I didn't go out, I didn't have money for travel. I was just so in the weeds with momming um, at that time. But then in my 30s, I had a little more money and a little more free time because we had family babysitters close by and slightly older kids. And like, we felt more confident. I felt more confident leaving the kids with John. We felt more confident leaving the kids with other family members. It just the freedom really mm -hmm. kind of opened up. 
And there was a lot more travel and just going out and doing stuff for fun. And at the same time, I kind of felt like I could pass for yeah. like someone younger um, or someone single. So like, I remember going clubbing in Vegas when I was, I think, 35. And I had this weirdest feeling like I'm getting away with something. Like mm-hmm. I have all these kids at home. What am I doing here? And then also thinking if, if anybody passed by me, they would never know that I'm not just like a single girl in my late 20s. And right. I got a kick out of that. And it was kind of it was exhilarating for a short period of time. It, it wasn't a very long lived. I don't go clubbing in Vegas anymore, but I did, <laughs> you know, I did kind of do the, some stuff like that from probably 34 to 37. And it was like this fun little window where I kind of got to relive some of the stuff I would have done in my twenties, but you know, maybe a little bit less self-destructively. Yeah. So <laughs> that was good. Um, and then just in general, I think in my thirties, I just had this sense of coming into my own and like really owning motherhood. Like, you know, the, all the babies, the pregnancies were out of the way. Um, I had my routines down. I kind of had my philosophy down. I knew who I was and I just felt really competent and capable. And also that was when, you know, I was really starting um, to, well, I was, my blog was all kind of taking off in my early thirties. And then we started podcasting in my mid, uh, mid thirties. And it, so it was really the decade where my parenting life and professional life synced up because I was living the stuff I was mm-hmm. writing and talking about in real time. Like it was happening mm-hmm. while I was talking about it which is a little bit different from now where I'm doing a lot of looking back. Mm-hmm. And so there was just a lot of professional and personal satisfaction in that for me. So it, just, it felt like all the pieces really fit for quite yeah. some time in that decade. I love what it. about you? Well, I'm, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about what are the differences between when I talked about the challenges and now talking about some of the benefits. And I think honestly, it's for me, it was a early thirties versus mid to late thirties thing. And mm. I think it probably mostly has to do with the ages of my kids and in my early thirties, I was still, like I had talked about earlier, kind of junior in both personal and professional realms. And I was still figuring stuff out and I had a bunch of really little kids. Um, but I loved being in my mid and later thirties. Um, and, and I loved being done with having kids. I loved, mm. it became like a pretty big part of my identity that as many of my peers were just ramping up, I was done. And we've talked a ton on this show about how do you know when you're done? And not everybody has that clear cut feeling or is able to make the choice. And I fully acknowledge that, but I, um, I did feel very complete at 32, almost 33, having my last baby and the years that followed, I just felt like I kind of came into my own as like, we're all here. This is the family that we have. And, and it was so fun to kind of like, I don't know, travel more. And like you said, go, Mm. go out more and learn to use babysitters more and like just regain some of that independence and know that I wasn't going backward again because I had no wishes or plans for another baby. So that was very satisfying. And that is not at all to take away from those of you listening who started at 35 because you all did a lot more in your 20s than I did or than you did, Megan. So it all kind of like yeah, I don't know that it all evens out, but it's it's just different depending on what you your just, experience is. It's just is. shifted from in one direction or the other. Like you you have this intensive, you know, parenting experience and you have an intensive non-parenting experience. It right. may just be in a different exactly. <laughs> time of your life. It's like shifted yeah. along the timeline. And you're so right about the um like the light at the end of the tunnel feeling. And for me that came at 35 when I had a hysterectomy. So I knew I wasn't planning on having any more kids anyway, but let's face it, I'm highly fertile, so it could have <laughs> happened. And just having that like once and for all completely off the table, like it's not going to happen no matter what was like kind of sad, but more a relief. I didn't have to think about it anymore. And then it's like, okay, so this is what I've got. Like only five, I only have five kids 
And if I could just, you know, get through the next um, 15 years of get, until I get them out of the house, everything is going to be in the clear. But yeah. there is something very different about that, knowing you're not going backward, like you said. I think it's that you can um, sort of picture your life and your kids' lives in yeah. a projected forward way. Obviously, we can't predict everything, but m- much more predictably than if you're in the middle of um, you know, fertility and planning a family right. or hoping for more or not sure or all of that. So um, I was thinking about when we started this podcast and I just had to like cross check the math. So I had just turned 35, like, you know, a few weeks before this podcast launched. My youngest was newly two um, and my work was kicking into high gear again. So I really think that the the most enjoyable parts for me of my 30s were the second half And whether that's because I was 35 to 40 or whether it's because I was done having kids and I was done with diapers and strollers for the most part and naps and just coincidentally happened right between 35, 36 and then work picked up. And, you know, you you all know the rest is history. You've been here listening since that time. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the 40s. So, you know, this might be a bit shorter because neither one of us have actually spent a lot of time in this decade. And obviously, as we've said a few times, like, if we were just starting our families now or still having babies at 40 and 43, it would be a very different experience. But we can talk at least about what we have experienced so far. So, Sarah, you've been 40 for eight months now. <laughs> <laughs> Please share uh, your challenges that you have experienced, you know, setting aside the fact that it's 2020. Um, but what do you think is going like even if you don't if you're not experiencing it yet, yeah. what do you see as maybe the challenges that will come with parenting in your 40s. Yeah, well, um, lucky for you, I am someone who likes to look ahead. So I have (laughs) thought about this. And um, actually, a lot of my friends are three to five years older than I am. And when I say that, I'm thinking like, not the friends I grew up with necessarily, but um, a lot of our like our work colleagues and people that I follow online for like, you know, beauty and wellness and inspiration, people I have kind of come to think of as friends, you and our other internet friends, which is, it's a pretty big influence. If you follow and read those people, a lot of those people in my life are, I would say five years older than I am. So I have thought and kind of observed a lot about the forties and parenting in your forties. Um, and you know, there, I think there are some, some realities, things like perimenopause, things like sleep issues, hormones, just regular aches and pains of being a 40 year old. I'm not trying to be over dramatic here. And I know, you know, I feel very thankful to be like a healthy 40 year old, but I do think there are some physiological things that start to be a reality in your forties that just weren't in, in my twenties and thirties. And as someone who thinks a lot about my health and sometimes it's a source of anxiety, I just know I have to, I have to kind of come to terms with that. I have to learn Mm. good, like, good mental health practices for myself so that I'm not like worried about every, like every mammogram I have to go get. And every, it's just like, it's a grown up decade. Does that make sense? So I think, yeah. I think that feels like it will be a bit challenging for me, but, um, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm not, I can't yeah. stop time. So I just have to get better at dealing with it. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. And also, this is also the decade you're probably more self-aware than you've ever been. And yeah. and you know what resources you can like how to talk yourself down, what resources you can lean on. You know, this too shall pass. Like 
there's also that side of it. So it's like things are going to really start like everything's going to start going downhill (laughs) physically, but you're also in a better mental place or you're constantly getting into a better mental place to deal with it. So like they kind of balance each other out. Well, and some degree, the flip side of that, or just another piece of that is because I was done having kids eight years ago, seven and a half years ago. Um, the physical realities of being 40 are not for me mixed in with the physical realities of pregnancy, breastfeeding and postpartum. Whereas for some people it is all happening at the same time. And that's a different ball of yarn to unravel. But for me, like I've been hormonally not childbearing or breastfeeding for several years, which means everything that's happening to me is not because of small children. It's just because I'm 40. So it's interesting. And you're not trying to like uh, because you're not having any more babies or or trying to, you're not like fighting against that for for like a an urgent reason with right. a deadline no. either. Like you you know, fertility is not you know like really anything you need. Nope, it isn't <laughs> right now. I, I have, it isn't. I've done it. <laughs> you don't you don't need it. Yeah. Um, so how about you? Well, so again, my particular experience. I'm 43, and my older kids are you know grown ups, adults, and then I've got two in high school and one in middle school. So sometimes it's kind of hard not to start looking too far forward and then mentally like skipping over the next seven years. Mm, that's uh, interesting. I have just been doing the mom gig for a long time. Like I've just been at it for so long now that sometimes I just feel like, like remember the conversations you and I had about, about the day you realized you no longer wanted to talk about teething mm-hmm. or like potty training. Like we'll talk about it on the show and that's interesting because it's from a different perspective, but like the day you realize that you sit down with your friends and if they brought up like a milestone, you just didn't care to talk about right. it anymore. I feel like in similar ways, I'm starting to use up my interest level in like the middle school, high school experience. I'm, but I can't like, right. I still have seven more years with, um, until Clara has wrapped up high school. So I've still got, you know, years of being emotionally and mentally and physically uh, available mm-hmm. for her and for Owen and Will, but you know, they're, they're, they're almost like at the finish line really, but like Clara still got some time and Owen do, does too. And then there's adult parenting, which as we've talked about does yeah. not mean it's not parenting. So, um, there's not a whole lot I can do right now besides look forward and say, okay, so in seven years, what would I like my life to look like? But I can't really change much right now yeah. to, to like position me or anything else like that. Um, besides the, um, the life changes that just happen. And that kind of ties into the fact that I'm divorced. I, I look around me and I see a lot of people going through relationship changes and, and transitions and, and divorces in their late thirties and early forties. So I actually do think my experience of being a newly single mom or divorced mom in your early thirties is pretty common. Um, so early I think there's 40s. probably listeners or sorry. Yeah. Early forties. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are, are there or yeah. about to be there or feel the impending being thereness. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that adds the another, the other um aspect of like everything is kind of a question mark. Like, I don't know where I'm gonna live, but I know it's not gonna be the house I currently live in in three or four years. Like I know that for sure. Um, unless something really weird happened. There, there's no need for me to stay right in this huge rental house any longer than I have a bunch of kids in the house. So that like I know it won't be here, but then where will it be? Mm-hmm. And I know like I could end up being married again or something like that. But what would that look like? And when, so there's, it makes it kind of hard to settle into anything specific or like take any firm steps forward. Um, And then that leads me to this whole other thing where I'm not sure if this is common to the forties or if it's just my 
experience of the 40s having been a mom for so long and then getting divorced, but I just feel more hesitant to shake things up or start new things than I used to. And mm. I don't know why that is. Like in my 20s, I would change everything every day if I wanted to. And then in my 30s, there was that, ex- that external pressure to settle down and look mature, but I still took plenty of risks. I was always starting new business ventures and I would just have an idea and just run with it. And I feel like in my 40s, I every choice feels a little more fraught. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have all the time in the world with my kids or with myself. And I'm trying to set myself up for some question mark future. So like, I kind of feel like that's probably pretty common to other yeah. people in the forties as well. Just this idea, like, do I want to do this thing? I really need to make these choices count. I don't want to just do stuff just cause I could. So what's the thing I really want to do, but you can really spin a lot. Mm-hmm. If you, if you try to put too much perfection or meaning on something like you know, starting a new blog or something. Right. So, right. which that's, you know, that's something I've been struggling with for how many months now? April. Yeah. I've been talking about starting a blog and it's not like I've never done it before, but there's something that feels now like I want it to be the right thing because I don't want to do it again in four years. It's yeah. our new one. And I yeah. don't want to let it peter out and all that stuff. And you know enough, um, yeah. you know enough to know the pitfalls and how to do it well. And it, so mm. you almost know too much to, to be yeah. just fearless. Yeah. I wonder if you're, as you're talking, I wonder if, your fifties are just going to be like an explosion Explosive. of creativity <laughs> and adventure. And, you know, like we, we know that these seasons kind of come and go. So as you were yeah. talking, I was kind of smiling, thinking like, I bet fifties Megan is just going to be like off the rails. <laughs> I, I think you're probably right. I'm going to do something wild. I'm going to end up like climbing a mountain or like living on the top of a mountain or like living in Paris. I mean, who knows? It could be, it could be all of the above. Yeah. Like I could do all of it. And I think there's something a little frustrating about seeing that in front of me and it feels so close, but I still have work to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have seven more parenting, like years of, of intensive parenting to do. And um, there's not a whole lot I can do between now and then, except I guess save money. Well, okay. <laughs> I think it's really good that you brought that up. And I, I guess I, I can't yet totally relate to that piece of it, but remember like I know when I had my last kid in preschool and my other two were in elementary school, I would walk into the preschool and be like, don't look at me for a play date. I don't want to go to your birthday party. I don't want to sign up to bring muffins. (laughs) Like I am so mentally checked out of this phase because the, the newness or the urgency or the excitement was happening in, you know, down the street at the elementary school. And so I think, I think it's really good to acknowledge that like our enthusiasm and our investedness and our engagement does not have to be equal for every stage and every kid. And I, I know you're Mm. not, you're not phoning it in for Clara. You're not going to phone it in for the next seven years, but I think it's okay to acknowledge that like, you've been a middle school mom five other times and it's no longer (laughs) novel and it's not not that novel. Yeah. It's not going to feel the same. And I don't think that means you have to like relish or appreciate every moment. I think it's totally valid to admit like, meh, I I don't care. (laughs) Not that you don't care about Clara and her last seven years at home, but like you, there's no way that you would experience that in with the same enthusiasm that you would the first couple of times. You can't, no, no, you you can't can't maintain that enthusiasm over like more than a decade. Like I've been a middle school mom now for a decade. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's about right. Um, more than a decade because Jacob's almost 23. So he would have been 12. Yeah. So it's, I mean, yeah, you, you really can't, or no, sorry, he would have been 11. So like 12 years I've been doing this and it's just, it's like enough is enough, you know? And the other thing is I think my, um, my focus has really been shifting 
recently, and it always has been this way. And we've talked so much about the relationships we have with our kids and how really that's our end game. Like mm-hmm. what relationship will we have with our kids? And how, what do we see at the table in 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, whatever. And I feel like in a way I've become so forward focused on our eventual relationship or how the relationship we have now will look when they're adults that the stuff that's happening right now just feels like a way to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it just it feels like a means to get to the adult relationship. I'm no longer so, and that doesn't mean I want to miss things. I don't want to miss milestones and important moments and stuff, but like those will pass. Like that is no matter what it's fleeting. And what I'll have after that is adult children and, and eventually grandkids and stuff like that. So it's just, I, I guess I'm, I'm feeling less um, intensive about what's happening day to day with my sixth grader and more thinking about like her as a human, yeah. you know, that I want to be in relationship with for the rest of my life. So it's just, it's just a very different, yeah. it's kind of a little bit of a tension point. I, honestly. I hear that. Um, yeah. And you mentioned already being in great physical shape, not being effortless and, and wellness and health. I just feel like I have to be really mindful about that stuff now. And I, I really feel for women starting families in their late thirties or forties and knowing you have to do all this self-care, but like also having little kids, mm-hmm. like you got to put thought into it, but you don't have the time right. to do anything about it. So like, that's a little easier when your kids are older in your forties, but I just wanted to throw that out there as a challenge. Yeah. I think anyone in their forties has, but particularly someone with younger kids. Yeah. At and this I, stage. I always like to think of the flip side of that is maybe, maybe those moms, you know, learned more or saved yeah. more money or somehow the, they banked, they banked the self-care they in their thirties. <laughs> like I'm just thinking, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Cause it, it like you said, it shifts. I'm not sure that it right. totally evens out, but pros and cons for sure. Okay. So we've talked about the challenges of being moms in our forties. Um, but let's talk about the benefits because I think there are many and I'll go first on this one. So I just don't really care anymore about like where I fit in. I think I was obsessed in my thirties about where I fit in like the sort of grand, like spectrum of moms. Like, was I an older mom? Was I a younger mom? Could I pass for younger than I was? Or did I look older? Um, I remember being obsessed with celebrities. Like if I was watching a movie and I'd see a celebrity (laughs) who I thought was probably around my age, like Googling to find out when the movie was made and how old they were when the movie was made. Like I was, I had this real obsession with figuring out like where I fit, Mm. I guess in the timeline. And now I don't care. I don't, I don't care about any of that. I think I look good for my age. I'm pretty confident. Like I still have things that bug me and those now do. I mean, you could look at this as a challenge. Like um, things crop up all the time now. Like my neckline does not look like it used to. It looks like it has that chicken bony look sometimes, like the little (laughs) waddle at the bottom. I never had that until probably this year. Um, I'm trying to take good care of my skin because I've got dark spots and new wrinkles. And then I'm seeing like aging happening in weird places. Like this summer, because I was wearing shorts, I noticed like my kneecaps are saggy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my kneecaps are not the same as they used to either. (laughs) And that is weird. That is not something I ever thought about. Unless like old ladies, you don't see an old woman walk past and I think, oh, look at that fit old woman in, you know, like in her seventies, but you can, she's like all muscled, but you can tell she's older because her kneecaps are saggy and mine aren't, (laughs) I don't look like, I don't have the kneecaps of a 70 year old woman yet, but I'm just saying it's odd. Like it's weird. And I'm noticing now the effects, but 
the benefit is I kind of just feel like I'm about where I should be. And right. I'm not like, angsting about it. Like you know, you're feeling like you are earning these stripes like in the right phase yeah. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love it when I realize like I have these little those little tinkle razors because my little mustache keeps coming back and I never noticed it in my 30s. And now I feel like a muskrat when I don't. And I have very fine blonde hair. So it's not like I have like, you know, a, a thick black mustache or something. But still, it just isn't what it used, used to yeah. be like. Um, but I don't have that weird mental obsession with comparing myself or seeing how I stack up or like wondering what people think about my age. I just don't care. And that's mm -hmm. not really specific to motherhood, but it helps mm -hmm. because moms often, I think, feel kind of behind the eight ball. Like, it's hard to keep up with fashion. It's hard to keep up with their hair. It's hard to keep up with their skin. It's hard to keep up with their fitness. And it's nice to have that pressure to be hot kind of like fading into the background mm -hmm. and just knowing I can look really good for where I am in my life. And I still want to look my best, but I don't, I used to be kind of vain, mm -hmm. I think, or just like preoccupied. Um, and that's mostly past. Like there's time is not going to stand still and it's not going to go backward. This is what I've got, you know, I'm moving forward in, in age and in, in life. And I would say the same thing about, um, that's another big difference between my thirties and forties and parenting. I don't really care anymore yeah. how anyone feels about my parenting choices. And that's been something that's gotten better and better and better for me over the years. Um, but now in my forties, like I have a wide range of kids and I can see, I can kind of see what outcomes I'm responsible for and which ones I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of moms won't get there until their late forties or fifties, but that's my experience. And it's, it's been kind of cool. I just feel very comfortable. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't look at myself every day and think, wow, I look just as good as I did when I was 32. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I wish I had appreciated how good I look at 32, <laughs> yeah. but I don't care. Like yeah. it just doesn't really bother me. So yeah. yeah. How about you? Well, I think everything you said is what I have heard and absorbed about the decade of the forties and just what I'm looking forward to, like the giving fewer, yeah. you know, what's about things. Um, and we've talked a lot about the, you know, some of the more challenging realities, but um, feeling more comfortable in your literal skin or your figurative skin or both um, caring less what other people think. I think that's something I hear a lot of women in their 40s and 50s talk about, and I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm excited for that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think those are the things you pretty much articulated the reasons I'm looking forward to this decade and, you know, more time and space to, you know, focus on myself, to be honest, like mentally, physically, you know, when you're done with the little years that are physically intense, um, there's just, there is time and space that opens up. We've talked about that a lot on this show. It happens to coincide with my forties and even my late thirties, but, um, yeah, I'm excited. Bring it on. Even the saggy, saggy kneecaps. I mean, I already and... noticed that my <laughs> kneecaps are not 35 anymore. <laughs> There's just, it's like the little patch of skin directly above it, like uh -huh. on your quad. Yeah. Even when the quad is tight and uh -huh. in good shape, there's just a bit, it just doesn't look right, Sarah. I don't I, know. I, I'm sure there's people listening to this right now going, thinking we're crazy, no, but no, I, know I exactly, dare you. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> you have such, I mean, I just think you have great legs and they're long and they're lean and I have never really liked my legs anyway. So maybe for you, it's an even, like it's an even uh, I could always count on my legs. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And, now and my, like, mine are never my asset. So that's pretty uh, great. Well, oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. Well, I think this has been really fun to talk about. Um, definitely want to encourage people to like email us and tell us their experience. Because again, I mean, we have to give the caveat that 
ours does not reflect anyone else's but our own. But I would love to hear how listeners are experiencing parenting in their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or I don't know what age range we have. Maybe we have some teen moms or maybe we have some moms in their 60s. I don't know. would love to hear from you. Yeah. Regardless. Including what the 20s and 30s were like when you didn't have kids and those around you were starting, starting to. And um, yeah, I I mean, I love hearing just kind of the variety of experience. So um, I would love to hear from people too. That's hello at the momhour.com in case you don't know how to find us. That's where, that's where you email us. That's where we, that's where we live. How about everybody should join us on November 7th? Cause whether you're twenties, thirties or forties, you need a night away right now. Yeah. Yes, you do. And uh, we are having our very first virtual retreat which is basically, I don't know, a reason, an excuse, um, an incentive for you to kick your family out of your house or better yet, go find an Airbnb or hotel and check yourself in for a night and then join us. Like we're going to keep the content and the, the sort of participatory stuff pretty loose so that you can participate at whatever level you want, which means we're not going to know or be mad at you if you skip most of it and just like hang out in a bubble bath or something like that either. It's really just a reason for you to treat yourself and get away. So um, that is on November 7th and that is a Saturday night and there's a link in the show notes or you can just go to the momhour.com slash virtual retreat to find out all the details. Yep. And we will be back on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about stocking your family's medicine cabinet for cold and flu season 2020. So check back with us on Tuesday and we'll talk to you then. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.